City. They have walked into the studio and someone's gone, what's that over there? That's a reverb pedal. Let's try that. <laughs> on Anyone, everything. On everything. Yeah, on everything. everything. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. It's like a piano when you first have a go and you, and you oh, play yeah, that. The what's it called? The sustain, the sustain pedal. pedal. Yep. Everything sounds I better with sustain pedal. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Movies, Music, and Madness. I'm your host, Glenn, and joining me today, we've got David. Hi, David. G'day. Martin. Hello. Hey, Martin. Hey, and g'day. our man in Taranaki, it's Ian Wallace. Hey, Ian. Hola. Hola. Fantastic. All right. This week, we're going back nine years. Nine years to... 2013. Mm. Now, I chose this year for something to explore because I've just recently had the ninth birthday of my daughter, Jess. And I was like, wow, nine years. Holy, you know, holy shit. It's gone fast, like so, so quickly. And then I was thinking, oh, yeah, what, you know, I think David played that game the other day, which was what albums or songs were you on your birthday. And I was like, oh, yeah, I wonder what Jess's was. And my sister in law did it. She listened to the podcast and did it. Oh, she fair. said that was yeah. She said it was a great idea. Nice shout, nice one, Dave. Yeah, yeah, it was. So I looked it up and went. Jess's album uh, number one was um, Lord's album, Lord's debut album, uh, oh. Pure Heroine, um, and that was in uh, at the time. So I thought, why not? Let's go back and explore 2013, um, and let's see what we've got. So why don't we kick it off straight away with um, some movies or and or. TV or um, other sort of media, um, because actually, you know what? We're probably seeing that uh, maybe a slight decline in movies, uh, and the, mm. because of the the age of streaming and being able to sit in the comfort of your own lounge and binge and watch all sorts of stuff that have that sort of cinematic sort of feel. So yeah, yeah. things have sort of changed a little bit, eh? Um, and that's okay. And I, it's still people producing, creating, and that's a good thing. So, should we kick off with that first up, eh? When was that um, series? Do you remember that series Lost? It was massive. Yes. When was that? Was, was that around that era? Earlier. Earlier. Bit earlier. And you yeah. know what? I'll, yeah. I'll never get those hours back in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you got lost in it. I was yeah. one of those idiots. Yeah. I don't know why, and I've always been suspicious of TV shows ever since, because <laughs> uh, I decided that I would keep up with it. And my wife was like, "No, nah, screw this. I'm not keeping up." She was out. She thought it was rubbish at one point, but I just wanted to know how it ended, and it ended so shit. It was so bad. I it was, was terrible. You. I was with you. Oh, did you did you like did you like the ending? Oh. <laughs> No, anti-climax. Like, oh, I was like, oh, for F's sake. And then yeah. well, I'll never get these years back. Yeah. I'll never get these hours back. What was so it, seven, re- seven years, seven seasons, was it? I think, oh. Man. Oh. What a waste. What a waste of my time. <laughs> I could have mastered the B chord. <laughs> could have, but it's I didn't, tough, did I? It's a, that's a toughie. Yeah, that's only like six years, right? <laughs> <laughs> I tend to look at songs with B. Nah. Okay. I, yeah, nah, I'm not doing B. Maybe B minor. Yeah, sure, but not a B. <laughs> Dude, that's what a capo's for, mate. That's why yeah, I have a capo. Yeah. 
Yeah, Paper that's a on good the idea. second. That's me. Mm, yeah, fair call, man. Fair call. So let's go back to cinematic viewing. Yeah. Um, Martin, kick us off, buddy. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I've gone for what I think is a first for us tonight. Um, I'm, I'm doing a rom com. Oh, beautiful, oh. beautiful. Yeah, rom-com yeah. alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rom-com hey, look, alert. look, there is nothing wrong with a rom-com. A rom-com. rom-com. A rom-com. A rom-com. Not a rom-com. A rom-com. No, I do not want a con-ron. Um, no. It's a long, it's a long con, rom-com. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, they, um, they bring such joy to our lives. Uh, yeah, um, this one kind of went a little bit under the radar. Um, what's quite interesting about it is it's kind of a sci-fi rom-com. Um, hmm. Uh, and it's about time travel, and it's called About Time. Um, oh, I know this one. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 um, I've watched it. It's a really cool little film. Um, I, I saw it when it came out. Um, I think we went to the movies and saw it, actually. Um, and it's directed by Richard Curtis, who's the guy that did the likes of Love Actually and Notting Hill and Four Weddings. Oh, this guy's um, good at this stuff, yeah. So he knows what he's doing when it comes to a rom-com. Yes. But that yeah. said, this kind of, because of this like sci-fi kind of element to it, it really does feel like a different kind of film. Um, it doesn't quite, it's hard to kind of describe. It's quite, it lays on like the sentimental kind of side quite thickly, but it doesn't go really like saccharine like the other three do. It's not kind of like sugary sweet and, and ultimately very, very soppy. It doesn't quite go there. Um, do they pass? Do they pash with tongues and that? Uh, no, there's, or... there's not much of that in there. I don't oh, yeah. Like a good yeah, is, like is, is Sandra Bullock in it? No. Oh, it's not a, not a real film. <laughs> Dave's out. <laughs> I'm out. It's like James. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. No, no Sandra Bullock, but it does have um, Rachel McAdams, um, Domhnall Gleeson, um, and Bill Nye. And if Bill Nye is in it, you know, it's generally pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill, Nye, by, Bill Nye is one of those actors who, you know, could kind of read a phone book and keep you interested for like 20 minutes, really. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, the basic plot is um, centers around um, a young guy who on his 21st birthday finds out from his dad that the men in his family can actually travel backwards in time through their own timeline. Um, so, um, but rather than kind of using it for, um, to acquire money or fame or, you know, stuff like that, um, he decides that he's going to use it to improve his love life. Um, just because he's a bit of a loser. <laughs> Hasn't had much luck with the ladies. Um, Sounds like that. The following summer, um, his sister's best fr- or, or sister's friend, Charlotte, visits. Uh, he's instantly smitten and falls in love with her. Um, mm. But um, he waits until the end of the stay to tell her how he feels. Um, and she tells him that he should have told her earlier. Um, so he thinks, uh... well, you know what? I'll travel back. So he goes back in time to the, to the middle of the holiday, um, tells her then. And then she tells him, um, you know, you, you really should have just waited till the last day. <laughs> <laughs> Typical woman. Please. Oh, no. <laughs> Heartbroken, he basically decides, well, obviously he's not very interested. And um, oh, he, um, he, in a fit of mel- melancholy, basically decides that he's lost the love of his life. Um, uh-huh. He then moves to London um, and 
cutting a long story short, um, meets up with Rachel McAdams' character at um, like a blind date kind of night where it's one of those um, um, one of those restaurants where you sit in the dark. So you, you don't know who you're talking to kind of thing. Um, how do you know what you're eating? <laughs> exactly. How do you... Well, you order it like beforehand or something like that. Yeah, but, but how do you know? Does no. it, oh, it'd, have to, it'd have to come in a bowl, wouldn't it? Yeah, a straw. Yeah, <laughs> bowl in us. Yeah. How do you know if it's medium maybe, maybe rare? Blend it. you're like... Maybe it's like a smoothie or something. Yeah. I, I love, that's why I love these shows, you know. I I'd so give much. it a go. I'd, I'd try it. Would you try it? What, eating yeah. in the dark? Yeah, on a date. Oh, I'd, sorry, no. I'd give I it can, a will. With a I mean, I can eat in the dark any time I want, I think. Just close your eyes. <laughs> Didn't know it was. <laughs> you're so. T- you're, that's a tight blind date, that one. Eh? I'll yeah. tell you what. Yeah, I w- if if I was single, yeah, of course I would. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? It'd be fun. Yeah, but anyway, um, so <laughs> they go on a blind date. They hit it off. Um, they get together, um, and several things happen throughout the film um, that kind of caused him to question whether he should go back and kind of interfere with the timeline and change things. Um, but um, it takes on some tragic, tragic events as a result of him kind of fiddling with it. One of them being that after um, his relationship um, basically moves on, they get married and have a daughter. Um, his sister um, develops a drinking habit and on the way to the daughter's first birthday, she crushes the car. Um, so he thinks, well, I'll go back and I'll prevent the car crash from happening. Goes back, does that, comes home and finds out that his daughter is now his son. It's basically completely changed the timeline. No, that's awful, way. Eh? Yeah, so he's absolutely, you know, devastated. Um, so he ends up finding out that he can't change events prior to his own child's birth. Um, so basically has to go back and make the choice to allow the car crash to happen in order for him to keep his daughter. So there's quite some quite dark kind of themes going on in there as well. Um, It's got a happy ending um, because it is a rom-com at the end of the day. Um, But um, yeah, it's it's quite a cool little film. It's it's quite funny. It's definitely probably a bit more understated than than the other kind of Richard Curtis ones. but unfortunately, as I said, like it didn't kind of set the box office alight in the same way as the other ones did. Mm. I think people and, may and be grown out of them by that point. But does, but does it matter though? Did it cover its costs and make a little bit of coin? It did. Yeah, it made its yeah, money back, um, and that's so all that, that matters. All... Eh? Yeah. yeah. I will say I it's like got it's a really talking... nice little soundtrack. Um, mm. There's some really cool little songs on there. Um, well worth checking out. So if you've got a, a, you know, a spare hour, um, go on Spotify or whatever. I'm sure it's kind of on there. Mm. Um, mm. Well worth, well worth having a listen to. Did it have um, that nice moment in it where you sort of you're all snuggled up with your beloved, and it gets yeah, a bit totally. sad. Yeah, and there's that weepy bit where girls sometimes get a bit weepy and hold your hand. It's yeah. quite a nice moment. Or you get weepy and hold yeah, that either hand. way, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Either she holds way. your hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have Have you guys cried at a film, just yourselves? Um. Yeah, what what time we grew in the past? Um, hmm. Do you know what? I've got a distinct memory of being probably about twelve, 
And I think it was when The Little Mermaid came out. And I went to mm. see that with a mate of mine. And we both came out and said, <laughs> 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 oh, I do, I do have a strong memory of that. And we're both like, we're never going to talk about this ever again. And now you've just put it out there. Wonderful. And I'll just put it out there. Never mind. Yeah, Sorry, exactly. Yeah. You know what? And it's a great icebreaker <laughs> and, a, and a work thing. Yeah, I'm I'm Martin, and I cried at the Little Miss Mermaid. Yeah, Little Miss Mermaid. Little Miss. Oops. Oh dear. All right, uh, David. When did you cry at a movie? Uh, oh, yesterday. 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 Last last night we were watching a Christmas movie with the kids. Oh, it was pretty nice. cool. It was a um. Nice. What's it called? It was on um, Netflix. Uh, called. A boy called Christmas or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's the story of Saint Nick, and um, it's just a nice story. Yeah, it was either that or Home Alone for the four hundredth time. <clears throat> so we chose something new, but yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm pretty easy to actually tear up, especially since having kids, and if it's a kids' yeah. story. So, um, before that, not really so much. I um, heard, I've heard of this. Yeah, I, yeah. Just sorry. Um, I actually went to the movies today, and I saw um. Wakanda Forever, the Black Panther sequel, and I got to say, any good? Any good? Um, it kind of restored restored my faith in Marvel. I've got to say, I loved it. I thought wow. it was great. Um, okay. um, they they really did a great job on it, and it doesn't hide away from the whole loss of Chadwick Boseman. And literally, like in the first like two minutes, it's straight in into that subject, and it doesn't pull any punches. Um, and they did it really, really well, really well. Um, it's, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a time. big, epic Marvel movie. Like, uh, it's probably the best, certainly the best one, I think, since Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably in my top three now, like, straight mm-hmm. off. Yeah. So well worth, well worth going to see, yeah. Nice. What about you, Ian? Staunch musician. Do you get, did you get a bit teary? These old tear ducts have dried up long ago, mate. All no. sucked dry, eh? I, I don't cry at nothing. Nothing touches me. Nothing gets close. No, I, I did actually, as an adult, I think I have cried, and I think it was a Will Smith movie, and it was when he was acting as a really poor guy, and he had it was going after a kid. Oh, um, um, what movie is that? Whatever it is. The suit yeah, and he's just, it was, I think, yeah. he's trying to make a living, and he's trying really hard, and he's getting all these knockbacks, and mm. I thought, oh, that just reminds me of me. But I'm obviously not a billionaire, but good acting, and it did the job. Thanks, nice. Will. Hit you right in the, the chest. Just for a minute. Nice. Nice yeah. one. Oh, sure fabulous, one, guys. I snuffed uh, it up. I've got yeah. two. The, I, I was totally unprepared for the beginning of Up, the Pixar movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, that's quite oh, a Yeah. Holy moly. <laughs> Mm. And we were struggling to have kids at the time, eh? When that mm. one happened, it was like, ah, that mm. hurt. <laughs> that one hurt real bad. Got all teary. And the other one was, um, I went and saw the document. Well, it's a documentary sort of film about it and Senna, called Senna. It's an amazing, amazing film. And I knew what was coming, and I still knew what was coming. And then it happened, and then I, I, I got all teared up, and I had to hold Roman's hand, and she's like, it's okay. Okay, and it's not okay. Oh, <laughs> it really yeah. upset me big time. Yeah, yeah. Well, you she, can't talk, Bruman. She's beautiful. Yeah. Who, I know. That's nice. I, I've never I had know. a woman hold my hand in a movie ever. 
Really? Well, not no. one that not one that you know. No, I mean I normally grab Never them, holding but... it. <laughs> grab a random hand. That's right. That's that's a <laughs> I've, that's I've a been... challenge. I've I've read about I've read about it in the papers. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're the yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that that one really, that, that one, yeah, both of those really oh, threw me. Yeah. It's like, dude, man, come on. Yeah. But I was like, actually, you know what? It was pretty good. Mm. Thanks, Martin. Welcome. Yeah, love a good rom com. Um, yeah. All right, Ian, what you got for us? What you got? What have I got this week? Good evening. I um, I quite enjoyed the looking at the movies in 2013. Actually, there's quite a lot of them. Mm. I must have been doing a bit of watching at the time, so I was familiar with a lot of them. And I went for um, The Great Gatsby, oh. uh, the 2013 version. Yep. And it's based on a novel by F. Scott Fitzgerald, which was written in 1925. Gatsby, obviously, it's around about, it's sort of in, set in that era, you know, the, the 20s. Prohibition, all that sort of art decoy stuff. It features uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's son and uh, Spider Man, Toby Maguire. So, which is interesting, you know, because once you've seen Spider Man, he just he's just Spider Man <laughs> in every movie, right? <laughs> you know, it's just like. But anyway, that would have, uh, that would have been a cool crossover, you know, nineteen twenty yeah. Spider Man. Yeah. With the great Gatsby's throw running. Yeah, he's just got that kind of voice. And, you know, you wait for him to say whatever is, what was her name? Mary Jane or whatever. Mm. But, um, yeah, the, the film basically it follows the life and the times of uh, millionaire uh, Jay Gatsby and his neighbor, who's seen a doctor at the time uh, for some psychological problems. And he's documenting all the things. That he remembers about Gatsby, and it's got a really good twist at the end of it as well. And uh, it's just a great movie. It's what have I written down here? Uh, visually, I love it. It's good to watch. The screenplay, I think, is good. I love it. The design, I love it. The soundtrack, love it. It's got Beyonce, but a Back to Black, some hip hop in there. So it's like a retro movie. It was done in the 70s, this 1974 version, mm. which, which featured Robert Redfoot. And um, what I've decided is I'm going to do the last name of all my characters wrong after the last podcast when I was calling Marlon Brando, Marlon Brandon. Yes, I did pick that up in the and listening yeah. to it, yeah. So I'm going to do that from now on. Every okay. last name of every actor is going to be purposely Slightly wrong. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so... Yeah, I, I've written here, and I think this sums it up great. I was really happy to go back to it. Have you seen it? Have you watched it? Yeah. Great Gatsby? No, I haven't. No, it's a good movie. Yeah, really it's, good. It's, it's actually, you know, I think it's a, is it Baz Luhrmann directed it? Oh, I think it is. Yeah, like, yeah. No, which, dance kind of movies. which could <laughs> explain the soundtrack. His soundtracks are always yeah. generally pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's not... He's not, he's not afraid to kind of like throw everything at the screen and see what sticks. And, and this one, absolutely, like it's, it's massive in terms of scope. Man. Yeah, you it's not what, what you would just, cool, eh? it's not what you'd imagine. Take your mind out of the sort of the Charleston gills, that sort of stuff. It's a, it's a proper movie with a really good plot 
I think, in a really good story. Yeah, go and watch the uh, what's it, the Great Gatsby? I think it's called the yeah, Great right. Gatsby. Hmm. Awesome, thanks. Enjoy Mike. that. You're welcome. Right, David Chan, what you got? Um, yeah, I went for something a little bit different this week. Um, there were some really good movies, uh, and mm. we were right at the uh, Marvel, right in the middle of Marvel, and all that good stuff. I saw. Mm-hmm. But I went for something a bit different because this was probably one of the biggest moments on television up until then, and probably since, I think. Um, See what others think. Uh, See if you recognize this. I know that one. You might have heard this before, once or twice. Last of the Mohicans, right? That's it, Yeah. Yeah. With more swearing. Just a little bit. And hotter chips. I'm going to keep that going in the background a little bit. So I went for The Reigns of Castamere, Season 3, Episode 9 of Game of Thrones. Aired sometime around June, middle of the year. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Also known as uh, Red Wedding. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So this um you know, first of all, has anyone not seen this? Good. So I'm not gonna spoil it. So this was uh this was one of those episodes that um totally subverted expectations at the time and as a result it's probably one of the most shocking of all the episodes other episodes like battle of the bastards um and that there was quite a build up to those and so the ratings were massive for those episodes um but this one here um things were going pretty well for the starks um things were on the up and that's what makes it so damn good and satisfying to watch so um one of the most unforgettable episodes of game of thrones um, yes, the Red Wedding uh, it absolutely just whacks you with um, that shock uh, at the end when the um, and yep, if you haven't seen it, go and see it switch off now, come back after I've finished yakking because um, I'm going to spoil it to death when the um, when Rob and Catelyn Stark are, are murdered at the wedding um, and it's just oh, I don't know uh, I don't know about you guys. I fell into the trap of thinking this is this is going great. Rob's gonna, you know, his missus is pregnant. Um, they're gonna, you know, he he's got the respect of his men. Things are going quite well. You know, looking up, his mum's now accepted her because there's this. I watched it the other day for the first time since, and you know, things really are looking pretty rosy. And then you just it just hits you when the first guy gets stabbed through the back, and then the arrows come out and mum mm-hmm. gets his throat slit and <laughs> oh just it's it's a mess but what also that's a wedding us, that's it a is wedding, a wedding isn't it uh, hey, one yeah, probably one you yeah who was well, playing what band was it it was well <laughs> well another jawadi special the reigns of castamere which i have here queued up because it is a an amazing track in itself uh, especially once the strings come in let me just put a little bit of it on. I know we're not supposed to be doing music, but it's, it's just fine. Good. It's all part of the same thing. Here we go. I must bow so low. 
this is playing at the wedding, right? This is the band. The band is singing in the background, and you don't realise it at the time, but it's, it's so obvious, right? This is the Lannister theme song. Oh, is that? Yeah. And of course, if you know, if you remember the plot, right? It was um, Walter Frey <laughs> was the dude yeah. that was hosting them, and he would have never have done because he basically accepted them into his castle or whatever it is um, under guest guest privileges or whatever, um, and he was given a guarantee by Tywin Lannister that uh, he'd be protected even if he slaughtered them under his own roof. Um, oh, it's just so good. And this, I mean, it's an amazing track. Reigns of Cast- Castamere. So, um, didn't, um, am I right in saying like two of the guys from Coldplay were like in, in the wedding band? <laughs> oh, 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 really? I don't yeah, know. That's awesome. That would be I'm awesome. sure I read, I read something about that. Because, you know, like they, obviously they did like the Ed Sheeran thing like later on and stuff. That's I'm right. I'm sure like there's two of the guys. Hey, I think it's like the drummer and the, maybe the bass player or whatever from Coldplay. Sa- sounds like a Coldplay song. Bloody boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a um, couple of um, fun facts. Martin. So that song there, Martin wrote the lyrics, obviously. Jawadi and a guy called Serge Tankian wrote um, the score. Um, mm-hmm. Martin's gone on record saying that when he wrote the wed the red wedding um, part, it was the hardest part in uh, the book to write. So he left it to the very end, and it's because you know he he says that he explained that he always tried to put himself in the skin of the characters when writing from their perspective, and as a result, he really struggled with the pain of killing off Rob, um, Catelyn, his mother, and and a host of other characters. Um, even though he knew that it was totally what, what needed to happen and it was what the audience was not expecting because everyone was expecting that the heir of Ned Stark was, you know, he'd gone through the hard times and he'd got his bannermen together and he was on the up and everyone sort of thought, oh, great, this is a story about Ned Stark's heir and then, boom, it hits you, right? Mm. Um, brave, uh, brave move to ride it like that, huh? Yeah, totally. Um, mm. So yeah, that was that was my pick. Uh, it was a big moment. They, um, sorry, did you say it was Serge Tankian? Yeah. Mm. Well, he's the guy from System of a Down, isn't he? Isn't he the singer with System yeah, of a Down? Yeah, he is singing too, isn't he? Yeah, it sounds like. Uh, yeah. That. There you go. I think he's based in New Zealand for part of the time now too. Is he? Okay. Yeah. Never really got into that band dreary dreadful shit i thought yeah <laughs> no they had one real rocky song what was that rocky song they had it's a good song all right oh if you say so yeah it'll come it. to me it'll come to me <laughs> so that was my pick anyway went for a tv show and probably one of the biggest ones of the year yeah but it was cinematic and mm. you, know, you can imagine that sort of playing out on the big screen but it, it was, was massive it, it, yeah, it shocked everybody. I was late to the whole Game of Thrones thing, but the good news is, because uh, David kept badgering, he said, Glenn, you've got to watch this, you've got to watch this. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. So we ended up getting to it a couple of years after after this obviously came out, because having a newborn baby, you can't do a lot of watching that. In fact, I tried to watch Breaking Bad when she was a baby with Bronn in, in the evening, so I was like, no. <laughs> I don't, you know, I've got this sweet little kid here and I'm watching this crap on TV. <laughs> no, no way. Um, but we eventually got there. And because it had been passed so far, um, yeah, when the Red Wedding turned up, I was like, whoa, 
whoa, they just wiped out most of the characters. What what, what the hell's going on here? David's mm-hmm. like, I told you, I told you it's awesome. Yeah, wait till you get to this bit. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And he was right. It was good fun. Oh, well, this is kind of peak Game of Thrones too. Season end of season three, season four. It was absolutely just reaching its zenith, and then and then it started to turn to shit, of course. After that. But anyway, well, has, it, has it aged well, or is it a bit no, it's great, like man. it still looks mm. amazing? Yeah, totally. Okay, aged, aged really well. So that was yeah, me. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was one of those events that you know, as a movie TV watcher, it is just something that um, you know we love to bits most people. And plus, you had that thing every week of um, the story and what was going to happen next and you'd all have to talk about it and it was really quite fun and you know what i think that's probably a, quite like that as opposed to the binging yeah i think there's totally. that wonderful anticipation of waiting for the next thing i think that's can't be overlooked eh? oh that whole um year of waiting for what happens to john snow he knew nothing anyway after he was stabbed by his not his mate his, his supposedly mates um and then everyone's like yeah. is he alive is he not you guys, you guys know you're geeking out on Games of Thrones. At the I know, GOT at but the did you know he was actually pulled over? <laughs> oh, pulled... Okay. oh, no, no, let yeah. me finish. He was pulled over by a copper. Get <laughs> Harrington was pulled over by a copper in that off season between when he was killed on screen, his character was killed on screen, and everyone was wondering what happened. He was pulled over by a copper for speeding, and the cop said to him, "If you tell me if Jon Snow survives, I'll let you off your ticket." And then he, he tells him, he says, he survives. He says, have a good day, sir. Oh, like, wow. Like, yeah, that's so cool. Man. The other thing that gave it away was the fact that his hair was long and everyone's like, yeah. ah, he's still got the Jon Snow hair. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, right. so you knew he was going back. Sorry. Right, moving along. Taking too let's much get time. A, let's get a rush on. Um, my film is from 2013 and it's called Rush. And it's a film by Ron Howard, who um, obviously got some quite mean credentials when it comes to producing films. And this one is a sort of a biographical sports film. And it was the last film I remember seeing in the theatres before was Daughter Was Born. And it's a, uh, the film's about um, the rivalry between two Formula One drivers, um, a Briton called James Hunt and an Austrian called Nicky Lauda. And it follows their um, a sort of rivalry, um, and particularly in their lead-up and during the 1976 motor racing season, which was regarded as probably one of the best Formula One seasons of all time. Um, it was written by Peter Morgan, um, and I think he's done quite a few things. can't remember, but I, I, the name rings a bell. Um, and the film starred Chris Hemsworth, so immediately you've got plenty of wow factor there um as as james hunt and daniel brawl as um nicky lauda um and it it made its money back it doubled its money um i think critically acclaimed i think it was had magnificent sort of action sequences but also really brilliant performances by both of them um bringing out some of the nuances of the the um the two characters um james hunt was this gregarious or regarded as a bit of a playboy um pretty much um and nikki lauda was the the you know the very stern sort of or perceived anyway um very driven um rival um 
And so, I mean, yes, they played around with some of the historical accuracy, but um, well, you need to turn it into something a, a little bit more exciting if you're going to do the film, but the actual source material was epic. Um, um, and describing this rivalry, one where everyone thought, James Hunt, will he actually deliver? Um, could he get past the Playboy element? Um and actually does a great job and manages to become world champion, winning by only one point ahead of Nicky Lauda. Um, so it was an area I'd, I'd heard so much about this legendary year of 1976. And it was just wonderful that they turned it into a film and uh, brought that whole thing to life. And it was just really good. Um, you know, it was, I'm a motor racing fan. So immediately the idea of going and seeing something like that was so, so good. Um, yeah, so I, I highly, highly recommend this film. Um, it just, I think it, how great rivals can really sort of bring the best out and particularly sports. Mm. You lift, both of them lifted their game and um, completely lifted their game um, to to do what they could do. I know James Hunt only re he retired a couple of years after that in 1979 and then continued with his glamorous lifestyle afterwards um and died at the age of um 45 um so you know cool. he lived a life he lived life hard what did he die um i think it was a plane crash believe it or not oh. um yeah i think so um you kind of expected him to go out more of a rock star sort of um styles but um no no he um john denver yeah yeah, yeah well that was different i think the did something country, else to himself country star yeah. yeah um the film scores by hans zimmer um he's pretty decent and yeah. yeah it's got a wonderful 70s rock music sort of um um uh score or you know soundtrack as well so you've got all of that thrown in and it's just a good fun good fun watch actually i highly highly recommend it is a bit of a i'd like to think it's a rom-com it's a rom-com and like a bit of a bromance thing that's going on and rivalry. And then you've got the actual, um, the you know, at, during the same time, they also fell in love as well um, with their respective partners. Oh, right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite quite entertaining. That's and the other thing that, yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, the other big, big part of the film that I think people, you know, when you watch it, there was a horrendous motor uh, race at the um, a horrendous crash at uh, um, a track called the Nürburgring, which is um, oh, called yeah, it's got the nickname of the the Green Hell or the Graveyard, and it was one of the last years they ever raced Formula One on there. Nicky Lauda had in a horrendous crash um, and was horribly burnt, horrendously mm. burnt, and um, and this is in the same 1976 season, and he lost. You know, couldn't go and race for quite some time. Nowadays, he'd be out for the entire season. Um, it was really, really, I mean, significantly bad. He never actually recovered from his burns. Um, and he still came back to almost win the world championship, um, driving with that much pain. Um, so this was, you know, that story alone is pretty epic. Mm. Um, so, yeah, highly recommend. It's called Rush. Um, yeah. How how true to the to to actual events is it? Pretty good, pretty yeah. good. I mean, there's some they've 
ramped up the rivalry even okay. more yeah, in yeah. this. Um, the, yeah, they've exaggerated that. Um, and, you know, in reality, they actually shared a flat in their early years, mm. um, yeah. in their early years of careers, and um, were quite good friends. Um, yeah, there were some other inaccuracies in there as well, but on the whole, um, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, I don't think it's, so. It's entertainment. It's not a documentary. Yeah, yeah. If you want to, if you want to find out, um, if you want to find out more, you can always dig in and get the, mm. you know, um, yeah, you can always you get that. I mean, yes, no, it did I'm happen. I'm not a motor racing fan, but I really enjoyed that movie. I thought it's yeah. just, just a great watch. As you say, like performances are really, really good. Yeah, and that's right. You've got these characters that are, you know, they're legends for a reason. I mean, Nicky Lauder, for goodness sake. Um, Don't and... start geeking off. All right, all right. Damn. All right, yeah. Geeking off tonight, Dave and Glenn. You've been hanging out too much. <laughs> anyway, if you haven't seen it yet, I think you'll like it. It's got lots of action in it. I've never. And... I nearly watched it. I nearly, I nearly watched it actually, but I will now. Yeah, yeah, I think you'd like it. Be, it's good fun, eh? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Chris Hemsworth, you can pull off. He's got that star factor. Oh. Eh? I know, he's pretty cool, eh? All right. So, yeah, it was a good year, I think, for watching movies. I looked a lot and thought, wow, I'll pick that one because I don't know if any of the others will have picked that. So, what are we up to now? Some sounds? Some sounds? All right. Yeah. Some sounds? All right. Some Ian. sounds. And you want to lead us out, mate? Yeah, I'll lead us on. I had, I really enjoyed 2013 music. Um, it was good because I, I started to, I didn't go for anything obvious. And uh, I was having a good look at the albums that were out. And my, at first I thought I'd go for a couple kind of obvious ones, you know, like... But then I, I re-listened to them at work and I thought, oh, yeah, I didn't really like that at all. Um, so I went for, and I was and I was picking my selection on a, I think it was a Tuesday, and I was having a really angry day. I was really angry. And uh, so I thought, right, I'm going to choose a punk album. And so I chose a punk album in 2013. Nice. Yeah. Um, I went through a few. I, I went through, uh, I'll rattle a couple of names you might know. Kate Nash. Oh, yep. So So Glows, Black Flag, Pup. I, mean, the, I don't know if you've ever heard of any of those bands, but I struggled with all of those. Uh, I found an album by a band called The Bronx, and the album's called The Bronx uh, 1V4. Mm -hmm. You ever you ever come across those guys, the Bronx? No, 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 haven't. Yeah, well, let me do it for you. And um, this album is their fourth studio album. They're a five-piece band from Los Angeles, and they have twelve tracks on the album. Uh, there's not a lot written about them because they were never massive, so it's, it was quite hard to find information. But uh, I did read one thing that was said that they got picked up and the first album they recorded uh, 
was with a guy called Gilby Clark, who was involved with Guns N' Roses quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And he rec- he recorded their first album in his kitchen. <laughs> and I just like that. I like that sort of stuff, you know? And um, what have I written down here? I'll let me refer to my real notes. I've got the album's probably about a 5 out of 10. <laughs> it's... It's not bad. It's not bad. It, it grows on you. Um, but like I say, um, I, I, the day I reviewed it, I was quite angry. I was having an angry day. This is The Bronx. And the song one I have chosen is the song called Style Over Everything. And it sounds like this. get fucked that's what i felt like when i listened to that that's just what i felt like and uh it was great that was the release i needed on that day so um i thoroughly enjoyed that they remind the album is is uh, quite an interesting album because it's it's uh i've not listened to a, too much american punk more british punk and uh the american punk's quite interesting so for me it's like a bit of a a mixture of sounds like uh, there's I can hear a bit of jet in there, mm-hmm. a bit of uh, a bit of airborne, that kind of airborne vocally sort of thing, mm-hmm. a bit of Green Day but beefed. Um, yeah, so that was uh, the first song, and the, the second song I chose. I know you guys thoroughly enjoyed that, and <laughs> let's have a look here. I chose this song, song two, because I did this for the sake of the listeners. This one's a little bit easier on your ears. All right. The song is called Torches, and it goes like this.
There you go. Who doesn't nice. like a good waltz? Nice three. It's like um, Designed for Life by the Manic Street Preachers. Mm, there's like an it's, element it's to that. It's got that guitar and the drum thing. It's like really similar, right? Yeah. You can hear a few bands in there, eh? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Manic Street's jumped to mind. Yep. Yeah. Um, the album's the album's pretty hard. It's, they're the like two softest songs. So if you if you're looking for a punk album, I'd say probably uh, Punk Thrash is where I would go with that album. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, if you want to thrash it out, you're a bit pissed off. You want to blare it out the car, and do the fingers at everyone. I would go and buy the Bronx by the Bronx. And uh, it's and it's got a cool, it would be a cool vinyl because it's got a cool album cover. It's it's a red album cover with a white tiger on it. It's awesome. <laughs> so I know, and that that, attra- cool. that attracted that attracted me to tigers. it. Was, yeah, who doesn't like a tiger? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That was my review, guys. Short and sweet. Uh, would I buy it? No. Um, should you buy it? No. But go and have a listen to it. Fab, and that's what punk sometimes for a hundred percent yeah yeah did the job Fab- fabulous mm. thanks ian welcome martin what you got what you got i got like the, the complete opposite to that really <laughs> from from as angry as uh, ian's punk album was um i'm going yeah pretty prozac i've gone with um uh, a british band called uh, london grammar Oh yeah, um, and uh, the debut yeah, album, which was called "If You Wait," um, they get kind of classified as indie pop. Um, mm-hmm. I put them more under like sort of dream pop. They've got a real kind of atmospheric kind of thing going on with a lot of their stuff. Nice. Um, they're going to go for the big kind of ghostly kind of vocal. It's a bit Florence and the Machine like vocally, mm-hmm. um, but um, yeah, I, I first came across them a couple of years ago and. Um, the, the first track I'm going to play was the was the one that I heard and and yeah it hooked me straight away I thought oh, this is pretty cool um, it's got a little bit of like a massive attack kind of feel to it as well um, with the, with a drum beat um, so this is um, this is a track called Strong. Child, cross what you not give. 
excuse me for a while Turn a blind eye with a stair caught right in the middle Massive voice, hey? Yeah, she's got a huge, huge voice. Um, the lead singer, her name is um, Hannah something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's gone Hannah Reed. That's it. Yeah, and quite um, minimalist sort of support for it, which um, sound reminds me of that XX album I re reviewed. Yeah. Oh, gosh, a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it does have this real, as I say, kind of. There's a lot of kind of like drone stuff going on in it and, and like atmospheric kind of mm. sounds and stuff. Uh, and it is quite dreamy. Um, it's a good one, like a late night album to kind of have with the, with the headphones on again um, and just kind of drift off to it. Um, what's probably quite um, quite amazing about that is, is as a vocalist, she's, she was actually really, really young. She was only sort of like 21, I think. Um, for for a debut album, I think she's her voice just sounds amazing on it, really seasoned. Um, mm, wow. Yeah, um, the album did really well in the UK. It, it debuted at number two, um, and ended up selling around about six hundred thousand copies in the UK. Holy moly, that's heaps. pretty good going. Um, and amazingly, I just found out it had seven singles released off of it. Wow, um, that's pretty full on. So um, I've not even heard of them. Yeah. Um, and, and as I say, like they they did actually chart in New Zealand. I think they got something like number thirteen with this album as well in in over here. So yeah, they you know they've done pretty well. Um, they they literally released like their third album at the end of last year. And it's I, I've got to say I heard I've listened to all three of their albums now, and and that third one is really really strong as well. Really good album. Um, the second track I, I've chosen. Um, it's a bit of a collaboration one. It's actually done with a um, band called Disturbed. Oh, no. Uh, not, disturbed. Um, not Disturbed, sorry. Uh, Disclosure. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's that's yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> sorry. Dis <laughs> disturbed alert. Disturbed uh, alert. Ah! No, disclosure, sorry. Um, so, um, yeah, this one's called Help Me Lose My Mind. Talk to me. And watch me crumble You will see Me come undone 
lyrics uh, are mainly based around um, H- Hannah Reid's personal life, uh, in particular her troubled teenage years. And um, the Guardian newspaper in the UK in their review said it was probably the first quarter life crisis album. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. We all had one, man. Yeah, absolutely. But that's a typical wanky Guardian <laughs> review. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny because I I listened to that album because you sent me the you sent me the thing during the week, and uh, it's a really good album, eh? And it's got that I don't really listen to the lyric, but man, it's got that really good. I'm digging that lo-fi groove stuff at the moment. I listen to a lot of it. Mm. Really good, eh? Love it. Yeah, mm. and as I say, it's it's cool because it's you know there's there's some upbeat stuff on it, but on the whole, mm. it, it's quite a chill album. Um, and um, yeah, I found that you know I put it on in the background, and I end up cranking it. <laughs> it just gets louder yeah. and louder as I go through the album. Yeah. So yes. yeah, it's definitely well one um, I recommend. Yeah. So yeah, London Grammar, if you wait. Um, mm. Awesome. Yeah. Fabulous. David Chan, what have you got? Me? Okay. Um, well, something a bit different. Um, well, maybe, maybe not. So I was going to review uh, the 2013 album by the UK band Fuck Buttons. But okay. uh, Slow Focus was the name of the album. But um, the drone awesome. metal, uh, the drone metal genre uh, didn't really resonate well with me over the course of the week. I listened to the album about 10 times <laughs> trying to get into Fuck Buttons, but I just... What, what, what? What attracted you to that? Just the name? Oh, it just randomly came up on my um, title plate on my recommended. Yeah, something different. It was something yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Check it out. Slow focus. Yep. by fuck buttons? Um, it's called experimental drone metal type mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah. Instead, I went for um, Daft Punk. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't. <laughs> oh, please, Dave. They, they, they had that. They had that, that song with that big hit. Get lucky, didn't they? Come out. That yes, year. they did. Oh, yeah. get with, lucky. Um, and it's got Nile Rogers on it. So you know, I could have gone for that because Nile did the um, mm. did the groove on that. But I went for and Ella Maroda, Maroda's, Maroda's on it too, wasn't it? Yeah. Maroda, yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I went for local talent. Ella Mariah, Lani Yellick O'Connor. Better known oh, yeah. as Lord. Oh, oh Lord. So oh, I went for Lord. Lord. Um, Jess's birthday album. Yes, it is. Uh, when you mentioned that, I lit up. I thought, oh, yes. Um, I took this. So this album came out uh, just before I headed off to China and Tibet for a bit of a holiday. So I I um, downloaded it and took it with me. And uh, so it's one of those albums that I had 
on repeat a lot while I was on trains. I uh, took a 48-hour, yeah, two-day train from central China out to Lhasa on the Tibetan plain and then jumped in a four-wheel drive for almost two weeks with this thing bopping in the background. Um, and there are some songs that absolutely just, uh, every time I play them, they just take me back to those times. Um, so this is obviously her debut studio album. She was 16, there or thereabouts, when it came out. Um, uh, it, it did very well. Um, went platinum in a number of countries. Um, uh, had massive hits in Royals and Tennis Court, Team, Glory and Gore. Uh, she's obviously gone on to do uh, much, much more. Um, so this album has uh, has a track on it called 400 Lux. Does anyone know it? I've not heard one Lord song in my whole life. Oh, really? Okay. Not even no shit. Honestly, no. Nah. Wow. I don't even listen to the radio, so no. Well, in, you're in wow. for a treat. Thrill me, man. Again. You're in for yeah. a treat. This is I my absolute favourite song on the album, hands down. Yep. Um, not many people know it. Um, it's not it's not a hit or anything like that, but it's just fuck it. I just love it. It's about um, it's about a road trip. It's just literally just driving around town, um, chilling out with your mates. Um, As you, you do. Here you go. Have a listen. There's two guys on stage, one on the keyboard, one on the electronic electric drums, and sounds great. Real stripped back production. Yeah, it is that minimalist sort of sound, eh? Which is cool. Um, yeah, but like yours, Martin, Dream Pop. I think they characterise it as um, a lot of their stuff. Um, this this one is yeah, it's about the songs about friendship, kinship, just chilling with your mates, driving around green leafy neighbourhoods. You know, that was awesome. we're driving in tree streets, nothing too serious. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, and uh, very most of her songs are not not love songs. They're not in, in that true sort of that typical sort of romance 
love songs most of them are sort of about different types of relationships with other parents or with friends um uh and or, or with um fans you know like um or, or um people in general so really interesting um collection of songs uh that song there is the second song on side one um uh i'm just going to skip just looking at the time i'm going to skip to um my second song which is second i think yeah it's the last song on the album um it's called a world alone this is a bit more dreamy a little bit more um of that elk but uh but it's got a killer dance beat to it so it's quite interesting like that um it's a song about uh just being surrounded by petty dishonest shitheads basically <laughs> um and she writes about all sorts of things and this is one that she wrote about just people that you know you're better off not having in your life um see what you think it's called a world alone no cushions in that bass drum at the start of that is there no um joel little um yeah joel little had a lot to do with that um she Mm. tried to take this uh, a lot of these tracks um in an ep out earlier 2013 i think and um it didn't really go anywhere they were redone they were yep they were redone um recut with joel joel's input as well as um an ANR rep uh Scott McLaughlin and they produced it and um obviously it did very well so yeah 
See, that was, I'd love that to was hear. Do do very well. Hear, you said did huge. Yeah. I'd love to hear an album like that because it starts kind of. I've never heard that. Never heard her before. Hmm. And it start that song started kind of like you could almost visualize a four piece band playing that right, and hmm. her singing that, and then it and then it sort of switches to this kind of that highly produced. I don't want to say manufactured, but highly engineered produced compressed sound Mm. i'd love to hear an album like that kind of done all in that raw old school format maybe you know Mm. not raw just old school Mm. Mm. i bet it would sound bloody great it would stack up absolutely Mm. totally you know i've not a huge lord fan but the tracks that i've heard i've really enjoyed i think she's got um you know a very distinct kind of style um what I really, I really like about her is actually her, her honesty. She's she's touring over here in New Zealand next year, mm-hmm. and um, she's just cancelled one of the dates. Taranaki. Um, yeah, <laughs> and unlike yeah, but, yeah, never heard about who. <laughs> um, but unlike every other act who would come out with a statement saying, you know, due to unforeseen circumstances or personal commitments or blah blah blah, she literally put a tweet out the other day and said, "We're cancelling the Taranaki gig because no buggers brought a ticket." Yeah. He did, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was going to buy one. We're, we're slow oh. over here. We're in the West, She's man. She sell out massive stadiums overseas, right? Yeah, yeah. Just exactly. go on YouTube. Right. In her home country. Yeah, <laughs> not Taranaki. Get that's fucked. That's, you know what? <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't do the music industry bullshit either. She puts out an album when she's ready. So she'll put put an album out every three to four years. Right? Yeah. She's, not, she's not pumping them out like, you know, she's basically no. When I'm ready, and and when she does, they're good albums. I mean, shows it's all quality. Give us Lionel Richie. That's Nothing wrong dragon. with Give us quality dragon. control. That's what we like in the West. Dragon. Oh dear, you poor old fogies. <laughs> Lionel Richie and Cat Stevens. So that was me. I um I went with local Kiwi talent, Lord. Hope you like Lordy, it. Lordy, Lordy. Yeah. Fabulous. All right. Thank you, David. I'm going to follow up with some more New Zealand um, New Zealand music as well. Um, this here is Unknown Mortal Orchestra um, with the song Sleep and uh, Swim and Sleep Like a Shark. That could be off. That could have mm. been off. Bloody the the zombies are Odyssey and Oracle. Yeah, um, so or, or a birds album or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're totally they, on the money. 
What's they that have walked into the studio and someone's gone, what's that over there? That's a reverb pedal. Let's try that. <laughs> <laughs> on, everything. on everything. On everything. Yeah, on everything. everything. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. It's like a piano when you first have a go and you, and you oh, play yeah, that. The what's it pedal. called? The sustain the pedal. pedal. Yep. Everything sounds I better with sustain it. pedal. Damn. So, Unknown Mortal Orchestra, um, a band that formed out of the Mint Chicks, which was a very successful oh, yes. sort of um, alternative punky yeah. type band here in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, Ruben Nelson went off and formed Unknown Mortal Orchestra, or UMO, and again, a bit of a throwback to those sort of sounds of the past in some ways. Um, definitely that psychedelic sort of pop type guitar music, um, based somewhat in New Zealand, but also I think in Portland as well. Um, so sort of a, a mix of cross-Pacific sort of sounds. Um, yeah, so this was their second album. It's called Number Two or Two. Um, and um, yeah, I went and saw UMO. I think it was just before Jess was born. I think it was one of my last gigs. Um, saw them at the, the a new Bodega Bar in Wellington. And it was a fabulous gig, really, really cool way. Eh? And again, the guy's a bit of a music, um, I would say, wonder kid. Um, I mean, plays guitar like a, you know, just it looked effortless. You know what I mean? Just totally effortless. It looked kind of complicated what he was doing. But again, there were loads of effects and stuff like that. But laid down all this sort of sound. And the rest of the band were pretty good. I mean, he even dropped in a Pink Floyd cover of um, something of Piper at the Gates of Dawn, mm. um, Lucifer Sam, um, which is about a strange cat. So, I mean, I'm like, whoa, this is cool shit. And it was really, it was a fun, fun gig, trippy sounds. Yeah, really cool. Um, they've released loads of records since, um, all unusual, um, definitely, definitely in that alternative sort of sound. Mm. Um, and again, I think, experiments with a whole range of different things and yeah you're right ian not afraid to try a whole range of different things and um i but i really like their album number two um i think it's um definitely my fave so i'll play another track from that and this one is called so good at being in trouble you may have heard it they may have played it on the radio once upon a time who knows we'll find out just cue that up for you now
Oh, delicate vocals, eh? Yeah, absolutely. You guys yeah. have gone mellow on me tonight, man. God, yeah. I'm falling asleep over here. Yeah. Um, Damn. On the whole, yeah. On the whole, a whole bunch of sort nice. of, yeah, that's exact. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, I was, I, I was really struggling a little bit around um, what to choose. Mm. Um, Nick Cave put out uh, mm -hmm. and the Bad Seeds put out um, Push the Sky Away. And it's got an amazingly awesome song called Jubilee Street. And I'm like, oh, God, I'd love to play Jubilee yeah. Street for you guys. Have you heard that one? Push the Sky yeah. Away. Yeah. Oh, just superb. Have you heard Jubilee Street, guys? I've heard oh, the album, but I can't remember the song. Yeah, well, it's... I've just loaded say. that one up on Spotify, though. The Immortal Unknown... What are they called? Uh, UMO, um, Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Um, yeah. yeah, good, really good fun. Where, where Again, are they from, man? Where do they come from? Um, Auckland, oh, and yeah. Portland, and yeah, but mostly it's all coming out of Ruben Nelson's head. Um, yeah, and whatever sort of trippy sounds um, they're wanting to do. So every it time sound good on headphones because it's very wide. They've panned it wide, and I know they I know he's, he's double tracking, multi tracking, and harmonizing, but. It's wide. It's big, right? It doesn't sound, yeah. It's a lot like that three D sound. You know, you sometimes mm. get they mm. call it three D. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's some really mm. cool sort of sort of funky jams, but yeah, it's definitely on that low. I wouldn't say it's it's definitely not fiery um, at all, um, but yeah, it's definitely got a nice sort of groove to it. I don't know, just love it. I think it's really choice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, brilliant. That, that, Never that heard of them yeah. until now. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. so, and that's what it's about, bringing some new, something different that you may have not heard, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting 2013 in that, you know, I put a Spotify playlist of, of like best of 2013 on earlier. Um, and it was obviously like the single stuff that came out rather than the albums. I thought it was some really interesting albums, but the singles were absolute tap. If some bloody shockers came out in 2013, listening back, things oh, like you know, blurred lines and it's uh, uh, horrible. Yeah, man. right. Yeah, that, <laughs> and that was that an album? Was that, that an country album? One as well. Um, no, no singles. These were like singles that came. Oh, out. singles. The, yeah, the singles oh. were terrible. Yes. Um, and it was the year like "Call Me Baby" and all of that kind of stuff oh, as well. No. There was, was some real shockers. Yeah. Can't even embarrass that. Turn it off. <laughs> and you know what? I think that, but that's what the single charts have been like all the way. I mean, when yeah. we look back, and as David put out with the birthday thing, I mean, yeah, you know that there's some amazing albums. I think in every single year, and then you look at the singles that are around that time. You go, oh no, that was awful. God. I did try and uh, just bring up a list here. I tried quite a few. I tried. The Queens of Stone Age, like Clockwork. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought that was shit. Um, the Sal uh, Savages, I thought that was rubbish. Uh, I went through quite a few, actually, because I do it when I'm at work. Oh, the Flaming Lips, that's a shit album. I the didn't terror. like that one, eh? Yeah, oh. no, I didn't like that at all. Yeah, and, and I'm a fan. Yeah, I yeah, thought you I'm might definitely be. Definitely a fan. Yeah, but I didn't like that one. <laughs> Terrible album. I'd agree. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I'm really took a delve into it but yeah i think you're right there was definitely some dodgy stuff floating around yeah for me that that nick cave and the bad seeds album i was just oh it was almost a flip of a coin which one i would choose today um 
highly recommend that oh, hugely. It's a shame I can't play it. Never mind. It is what it is. I think I've talked about it now. I might as well play it. <laughs> yeah. No, he delivers, man. Yeah, he just delivers. So, yeah, go, Nick. It's a brilliant record. Yeah. All right. Well, that's 2013. Wrapped up with a bow. Fabulous. Thanks. Have we got an advert? Have we got an advert we can put on? <laughs> an ad? No. Yeah, we should create our own ad. We All should right. Make an ad. We need yes. It. Well, that's <laughs> 2013 wrapped up with a bow. Next week, we've got another wonderful year for your listening pleasure. Um, we hope that you'll all enjoy reliving this one and tuning in for next week's wonderful episode with whatever that will be until then everybody thank you very much for joining us thank you david thank you david thank you oh, just that. thank you thank you ian muchas gracias and thank you martin Namaste. <laughs> have a great week everyone see you next week bye now Look at me.